This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. Hear from me, four-time Olympic gold medalist Michael Johnson, on the Data Brilliant podcast from Data Leaders, Click. I talk to Click's Joe Dos Santos about the role of data in my running career and in my business today as I help prepare future athletes. Tune in to hear us as we discuss the psychological and personal qualities needed to be a champion and how data can help you recognize what it takes to win. Search Data Brilliant on your preferred podcast platform to listen now. Your buddy Murph back once again for an episode of The Rundown. That's right, Raiders fan radio rundown where we hit all of the hottest uh, stories in Raider Nation. And now this being Saturday morning, uh, we are getting the breaking news that Cameron Newton has been uh, put on the reserve list for COVID. So literally we got news breaking as we're doing the show. But anyways, before we get to that and plenty of other stuff, let me welcome into the uh, to the fan cave here, my good friend and yours from the West Coast. He is Cousin Sonny. What's up, Cousin Sonny? What's up, Cousin Murph? Uh, appreciate you having me on once again. This is slowly becoming the uh, 37th most exciting thing in my life, so I look forward to it each and every week. Right on, man. Well, it's good to have you back in here. It's good to talk some Raiders with you. I know that... Uh, the RFR listening audience always loves to hear from Cousin Sonny. So we got we got lots to get to tonight, Sonny. So this is um so first off, actually before we get into the Raidery stuff, let's talk about this Cam Newton thing. So this is literally fluid as as we're doing the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's been put on injured reserve. He tested positive as of Friday. So their team is already in Kansas City, from the way that I understand it. Um, uh, because it's NFLPA protocol is that you can't travel day of, so you have to travel the day before at a minimum uh to 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 get to your to your opponent's stadium so really interesting I'm, I'm thinking that this thing i don't i don't see a let me ask you this is there a way where this game gets played to me it seems like this is a no-brainer they've got to postpone it right regarding chiefs patriots this week chiefs pa- excuse me yes thank you thank you yeah, i i think it's actually already been postponed uh has it okay see that's literally how fluid this thing is i hadn't even seen that yet well hold on hold on hold on hold on, hold on. 
I think it's been rep- speculated heavily that that's what's going to happen because here's the thing is that he travels with the team. He, he got a positive test as of Friday, so there's no way that you can, you know, well, you can contact Trace him to know who he's coming into contact with, and all those people are in Kansas City. So you, you can't tell me that they can execute a football game now. Hey, hey real sorry. Uh, my first thought was, well, crap, is it, how does this affect Raiders players, right? Because we just played the Patriots. Chuck, Chuck uh, Splatterhead on the chat says, well, thank God none of our players got within six feet of them. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> got our pass rush sucks so bad none of our players got close <laughs> yeah yeah, he's, yeah we, we 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 stayed socially distant from cam newton on sunday no doubt yeah yeah but, uh, but i guess my, my thought my thought with this whole nfl thing is like you know so it happened with the titans and you're right there in the epicenter of that right i mean yeah. that's that's in your wheelhouse there so you could probably speak more to that uh they, they postponed that game right to the bye week correct so then so then they'll do the same thing most likely with this with this Chiefs and, and Patriots game, they'll push it out. But what happens when they can't push out the games anymore? They're just going to cancel games, and then what happens to the records at that point? Like like how do they how do they keep doing this? You know, it, it doesn't seem like. I guess obviously they thought about it, but I'm just wondering how far this thing gets. How how much can you kick the can down the road until now you have an issue? And on top of this, Murph, this highlights. The lack of leadership of one uh, disrespected DC car and, and and all them hanging out without the masks on, and yet other players are testing positive and can't play. In the, so you know, it like it all ties back to the Raiders for me. Um, it's but it's an issue, and I'll be curious to see how the NFL handles it moving forward. Well, I think you can kick the cannon down the road as far as you need to. I mean, we've seen every other league playing their championships and whatever and now granted that like the nba is in the bubble and 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 same thing with the nhl and you know baseball is a little bit different but i mean they've they've been you know even it got off to a bad start with the marlins and now here they are winning playoff games so like i think it's possible you can extend out as long as you need to i'm with you that i think it's important to keep the amount of games intact because that way you know it reflects records and and and, and full seasons and whatnot but i mean they can whatever they want i mean we're literally in unprecedented times i don't think they need to be held to any particular standard of like okay we have to have the super bowl like the second week of february like why it's going to be played indoors like just they're going to do it when they need to do it you know what i mean and so i don't think that i don't think it's going to be that big of an issue i think that they'll 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 push it as much as they need to um but it is interesting you brought up and let's get into about the raiders and so first off Let's talk about that real quick, and then and then we're going to get into a lot of perspective, and we're going to get into on-the-field stuff um, instead of all this freaking COVID BS, but we all are dealing with it, so let's talk about that first before we get into sure. the, to the actual numbers of the Raiders and, and some of the perspective that we're getting ready to lay on you this episode of The Rundown. But let's talk about that. So the Raiders did an absolutely wonderful thing, Derek Carr, Darren Waller, at his foundation, by raising right. money for, and you. this is speaking of wheelhouse. My the, wheelhouse man love it yeah this is what you do for a living sonny is a drug and alcohol addictions counselor and uh and and that's what darren waller's foundation raises money to do to to combat that and to help folks that and, and young people that are dealing with substance issues uh and so they raised like 300 grand for the at this event and the raiders were highly criticized for not wearing masks you know for the guys that are in a town i think it was like 10 raiders total and very prominent raiders and they were they were criticized for it and I thought it was a little bit of an overreaction at first because, I mean, it's not like they were running around with masks off the whole time, but they did take them off for, like, for their appearances and for their pictures and whatnot. But now, look at you. You bring up a good point, and I think a lot of people are being fairly critical now after the fact, like, 
you've at a minimum of whether you felt you were safe or not, did you exhibit behavior that is responsible? Like I, I don't, you, you probably didn't. I don't, I don't, you know, I want to give them a little bit of grace here, but they don't get a full pass. What say you remember when you're 16 and you hear about venereal diseases and you're like, that'll never happen to me. You know, that, that, that's, that's how I look at all this. It's like, you never think it's going to happen to you until yes, you meet you somebody until you <laughs> no, but like, you know, and then you, and then you meet somebody or you, you interact with a girl, you know, or you have a roommate who has a horrible story. You're like, Oh wow. It can happen to people. I know, you know, anyway, uh, I'm fully clean, Rachel. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so, so to me, this speaks to that. So like, you know, COVID is what it is. It's politicized depending which side of the aisle you sit on. You have certain thoughts about it, whatever. It's a real thing. It, it's here and it's affecting people. The issue I have with, with what, with what, uh, let me back up. What, whatever, what was that, Mike? Was that Florio who's going off on, on car about it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, Florio goes off on the Raiders any chance. Yeah. He gets, and but, so yeah. I, I thought he definitely kicked a dead horse there. It's like, come on, dude. You made your point. Get off it already. You know, and that was all for TV. But here's my issue, Murph. Raiders play the Patriots on Sunday. Monday, the 28th, the day after the game, is, was, was the beyond the wall with Darren Waller. Now we learn Cam Newton was tested positive for COVID. How long has he had COVID? Did, did they do the after-game after hug? And, and, you know, obviously the two quarterbacks always interact with each other. So there's Carr and Newton, hands shaking it up, talking, getting close. And then the next day, they're at this event doing great things. But then the great thing was overshadowed by them not not wearing their masks, you know. Um, so I, I have an issue with that. And, and if anything, it's about optics and, and it's about perception. Bingo. Sometimes yep. per- perception is all that matters. Sometimes perception is the truth, when, when, uh, even if the actual truth is, is not there, you know. And so it's a bad look for Derek Carr and the, and the Raiders on this. And there's no way around it. He just has to own it. And, and get better and move forward. At least we're a chin diaper, you know. You have a chin, chin diaper <laughs> yeah. On. Well, you know, there's a um, a, a, a term that you hipped me to back in the old days when we used to do a Madden league. And I'm not comparing us to NFL players, but I'm just saying what I am comparing it though to is, is is situational. Is that you had a term when when we were the the commissioners of our league in order to have. Uh, the expectation and demand that everybody else follow the correct rules and spirit of gameplay. You told me, you're like, Murph, we need to be above reproach. We got to, we absolutely can't have any reason for anybody to ever question our integrity, our intention, our anything. We have to make it absolutely impossible for anybody to look at us thinking that anything odd might be going on. Same thing with our, like our foundation. With our foundation, the One Nation Foundation, there's a reason that it's transparent, it's public, it's nonprofit. We have multiple officers on the board that, with multiple people with access to the funds. Because the last thing I would ever want to be accused of is raising money for our own profit. Like, and trust me, when we raise the kind of money we're going to raise, there's going to be somebody that's going to have that kind of a take on it. So we wanted to be above reproach. Well, the Raiders opened themselves up. For criticism, they were not above reproach, and that's the whole point I think around this is that, like you said, it's the optics of it. Like, don't give. There's enough reason for people to take shots at the Raiders. Don't give them one. Yeah, you know, especially uh, Derek Carr. Like, like I'm just, I'm over him, Murph. He's a bad leader. He he's just not a good leader. Uh, he says the right things. You, you want to believe in him. He has the look, but when when you get right down to it. 
guys aren't freaking laying out for him. Uh, he's doing stupid stuff like this at the event. Uh, back in 2017 with the Redskins game, he, he didn't lead then. Uh, he's just he's just not a leader, man. And, and I think that's the plague of this team right now is is he's not a leader. Yeah, they're sitting at two and one. Blah 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 blah. I'm not going to get all too much into it, but um, again, this is another example of him not leading and, and and for him to be as careless as he was for this like it, it it makes me mad because you're right it opens him up for criticism but at the same time like you have to know your spot in life like you're the leader of a national football team as the quarterback like that like, the quarterback is always the leader you're looked at as the guy that everybody else takes their cues from hunter renfro is looking at you Derek carr to see how he should act and when you do something like this, you're disregarding every person who's died from COVID. You're disregarding everybody who's in the hospital right now suffering from COVID. And you're disregarding the NFL, the people who employs you, by doing this. And it's, it's just a dumb, dumb thing to do. And then now with the Cam Newton testing positive for it, imagine what, what's going to happen if Derek Carr tests positive for it, right? And then he's at the event. I mean, this thing could snowball, man. Absolutely. And, and, it, and you know, and I think the, the, the larger where the leadership then comes into question is that the lack of ownership of it, there's a defiant nature that comes from it when he does get criticized about things. And instead of taking ownership, and I think that's an important thing to be a good leader is that you have to, you have to walk the walk. Like you have to be willing to own your behavior and look, he's a human being. He's going to make mistakes. And this isn't just Derek Carr. Every other one of you freaking Raiders that were at this event, I'm not, we're not criticizing the event. We're not criticizing what you did. We're not. That's a wonderful thing that should be celebrated and would be being celebrated if you kept your freaking mask on. It wouldn't yeah. even be an issue. So that whole notion of like, you know, own it. Like, hold your hand up. Say, I made a mistake. I screwed up. I did. We did the same thing in the same freaking city. I went and sat in the middle of 100 freaking Raider fans hooting and hollering at the stage door casino because, unfortunately, it got a little out of control, not to the fault of ownership, but because, and once ownership got aware of what was going on, they they squashed it. But point being, though, I was in the middle of that, and I said it on this last episode of Raiders Fan Radio Live. Like, I owned that. Like, I wasn't above reproach. I made a mistake. I exposed myself unnecessarily in a large group of people. And was and lost my mind. I had a blast. I freaking hey hey hey. Define exposing yourself in front of a large group of people <laughs> in Vegas for us, huh? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm easy with those words. Hey, but two years two years ago, that had a whole different context. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, so yeah, before the Raiders, that's a whole different world going on there. But you get what I'm saying, though. Like, just own it, man. I'm, I made yeah. a mistake. I screwed up. I lost my where I was at. I got caught up in the emotion of it. I got caught up in the in the moment. The Raiders say the same thing. Just and then, and then people will leave you alone. Anyways, all right, let's get out of there. Let's hit a break, and then let's get into some of this stuff about the Raiders, man. There's lots of stuff about the Raiders, and uh, Sonny, my goal with this episode today, and I know you are the perfect guy to help me with this. It's time to bring some perspective to Raider Nation. Perspective. Hey, Raider Nation. This is Max Crosby from the Oakland Raiders. And goes down, and Max Crosby, who forced a fumble last week. You're listening to Murph, Mosh, and Swag Jeff on Raiders Fan Radio. Thank you so much. Just win, baby. All right, Sonny, let's talk a little perspective. Now, speaking of that game against the Saints in, in Las Vegas, we were all riding high. People are screaming Super Bowl. I mean, we beat a contender. We beat... 
one of the freaking made men of the NFL and Drew Brees. We beat that defense. We beat that offense. And granted, with even without Michael Thomas, it was a statement game for the Raiders. The opening game in Allegiant Stadium, it was a big damn deal. Well, it's one thing to make a statement, but it's another thing to follow up that statement. And we followed it up by laying an egg in New England. And I think that that game, for me as a fan, brought a lot of perspective. I've often said this term that I thank the Raiders for relieving me of the burden of expectation. That usually happens at some point during the year where it's like, all right, that's it. We're just going to suck now. And then you just kind of quit worrying about whether we're going to make the playoffs. You can enjoy the game. You can enjoy, you the just game. enjoy the game. You just enjoy the Sunday for what it is. And you quit worrying about like whether we're going to make it or not. Cause you just know, well, this yeah. team ain't going to make it. All right. Yeah. So that said, my goal is to bring some perspective to you. Now, look, Raider Nation, this is not... And I already know what Sonny's going to say on this stuff, so I'm just lumping him into to my thoughts here. We're, our goal with this is not to crap on the team. It's not to crap on your fandom. It doesn't mean that we're any less fans. It doesn't mean that we're not any less passionate about anything or, less, or love the team any less. Clearly, just look around at our freaking houses. But I will say this. Let's not get so up into our fandom that we expect the Raiders to freaking run off a bunch of wins and win the AFC this year. And the reason why I say that is that the history of this team since 2002 tells us otherwise. Now, granted, we had a great year in 2016, but that was the blip on the radar because the Raiders didn't follow it up. It's not about just doing it, but you got to do it and you got to follow it up. So, Sonny. I'm going to throw some things at you. I'm going to throw you some one-liners here, and I want you to respond to each one of these. You ready? Go. Since leaving Los Angeles following the 1994 season, the Raiders are 45-29 and 29 in games started by Rich Gannon. They are 117-211 and 211 with anybody else. <laughs> Since 2003, they are the second losingest franchise in the NFL. And and I think we, we have Raider Nation has issues, Murph. We have, <laughs> we have Raiders trauma. So so a little bit about trauma. When someone goes through trauma, a traumatic experience in their life, they and, and then you know, if they get diagnosed with PTSD, that largely is about current current things in their life triggering them to make them think that the old thing is happening again. So if someone's traumatized in their childhood. Uh, a yellow car hits their mom or something like that. Heaven forbid that ever happened to any of our listeners. Later on in life, if that person sees a yellow car, it may or may not trigger them that, that that's what killed their mom. So they might have an emotional reaction, right? And so you have this, you have two parts of your brain. You have the unconscious part of your brain and the conscious part of your brain. The conscious part is like, you know, today's Tuesday. It's a beautiful day outside. The sky is blue, blah, 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 blah. I have to go to work today. The unconscious part says, it's happening again. The, this emotional trauma is happening again, and, and it's trying to tell you to to freak out. And so, like these two parts of your brain are at war with each other, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, because I'm having emotional trauma with the Raiders right now because it I'm feels saying. like we've gone through this before. We we all we all do. Like we, we if you watch if you watch Raiders Twitter on Sundays or whenever there's a game, it is. I, I was thinking about this last weekend. Like we've all been Raider traumatized <laughs> over the years. <laughs> By thinking like, you know, the Patriots. If you bring up the Patriots to a Raiders fan, they almost hate them more than the Chiefs and the Broncos and the Chargers, which to me is kind of dumb. Like, like I don't hate the Patriots more than those three teams. Like, 
it's those three teams and everybody else in my yeah, eyes. You know, absolutely. And the, and the Steelers and Niners are closer to my hatred of those three absolutely. teams absolutely than the Patriots are, right? But because of the Tuck rule, we've been traumatized, and so now when we see the Patriots, our unconscious brain says, "Hate them, hate them," and there's no room for objectivity <laughs> whatsoever, man. I'm telling you, dude. That's and awesome. And then think about any time a flag is thrown. Oh, f- bullshit. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> like, people can't commit penalties, right? You know? And so we've been traumatized. So that's why we see things like the Raiders are 2-0. and Everything's great. The Raiders lose. Now think about this. From a purely objective standpoint, the Raiders just lost a away game to the winningest NFL franchise in the last 20 years. They scored 20 points on them, but gave up 36, and the Raiders had some pretty significant injuries at, at some positions that really matter on defense. And the sky's falling. You know what I'm saying? Well, that, it's like, And there you go. So here's the expectation. So we, yeah, we have this expectation that they're going to win, but here's the reality. The Raiders are 1-18. and 18. That's not good against on the road against teams from the nfc and afc east the past 13 seasons the only win came in miami in 2017 when we the raiders the they stayed the week there yeah, yeah. that's it well did raider nation one and 18 against teams that live on the east coast and play in those eastern divisions like we were gonna lose to the patriots all right here's here's another one John Gruden is set to coach his 100th regular season game with the Raiders. He's got a 51 and 48 record. Sonny, can you name the other three coaches that have coached 100 games for the Raiders? Uh, Madden. Correct. Not, it's not Davis. Maybe no. Archell. There you go. He's number three, and there's one in the middle. So Archell, Madden. Yep. And there's one more? Yeah, come on. This should be easy. Flores? Yeah, there you go. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. Okay, so, and I, I brought that up because here's a cool little tidbit also. Today is the anniversary of Art Shell becoming the first black head coach hired in the modern-day NFL. The first black head coach ever was Fritz Pollard in 1921, but uh, in the modern era, Art Shell uh, on October 3rd here. So, uh, absolutely uh, much respect to Art Shell and, of course, the Maverick and the Raiders. For, for, good friend for, of the show, Art Shell. We met him. Good friend of the show, Art Shell. Absolutely. All right, let's get back to some of these some of these uh, tidbits around the game, though. Um, all right, so the, here we go about the Raiders. Now, the, here's I'm going to give you some good news, Raider Nation. All right, and we're going to start transitioning away from that stupid p- uh, Patriots game, and let's start getting into some of this, the, the outlook to the Bills game. All right, so, Sonny, one of the things that has plagued this football team for, oh, I don't know, since forever, since Cliff Branch and, and Fred Blitnikoff retired, has been drop passes, right? We've had a lot of drop passes. And so here's good news for the Raiders. Since they started keeping drop pass stats back in 2009, the Raiders are the second team without a drop through three games. Kansas City did this back in 2017. Okay, so as of right now, no drop passes. To give you an example of some contrast, Sonny, tell me what you think here. Back in 2019, they had 25 drop passes on the season and four already for the first three games. So got a lot better there. Well, we got rid of Amari Cooper, right? (laughs) (laughs) When he actually finished a route and had a chance to catch the ball, he tended to drop him a lot. He tended to clank Uh, on his hands. Yeah, and that's why, I mean, the Raiders are good, right? They're 2-1. and Like, let's celebrate it, you know? The sky's not falling. The team's competitive. 
you know, it's one thing for the Raiders to be competitive past the second quarter, let alone past the second game of the season, right? Where it's like, okay, we have a chance. This will be the games are worthwhile to watch. And so that I think is indicative of that, that we don't have a lot of drop passes. Same thing with the penalties. Like we're doing great. We're doing great in areas where traditionally we haven't done great in. And we should celebrate that. Like, it takes a while to rebuild a whole entire culture. The Raiders have a culture of losing. They have a culture of being dysfunctional. When they're 2-1 and one, and they have no drop passes and a lot, like, barely any penalties compared to previous years, those are all reasons to celebrate this year so far, man. Absolutely. And so we got a good look at the Buffalo Bills, who are a good team coming into Allegiant this, this week. So I'm going to give you some more good news, Raiders. I, I said I was going to give you perspective. Here's some good perspective, but then we're going to bring you back down afterwards, okay? So we're going to go a little roller coaster. So we knocked you down. Now we're going to lift you up, and then we're going to knock you back down again before we get out of here for the rest of the show. All right, so here's the good news. So with, with Edwards out and Ruggs doubtful, the Raiders might need to rely on Renfro more. reason why is that the Bills have allowed 32 catches, which is tied third for most, uh, on 426 yards, which is third most, to receivers that have lined up in the slot. So, potentially a good day for Hunter Renfro. Also, uh, the Bills have uh, allowed second most yards this season to tight ends, which means it could be a big day for Waller and Renfro, which are basically our two biggest weapons, right, that we're going to have other than Josh Jacobs. But in terms of throwing the ball, uh, it looks like it's going to be Renfro and Waller. And I'm going to give you one more thing, more good news going into this game. The Bills have allowed uh, almost two and a half points per drive and six yards per play uh, this season after facing the Dolphins, Jets, and Rams, okay, which are not, you know, have you seen the Dolphins and freaking Jets offenses? Like, we're not talking about prolific offenses here. Um, That's worse than the Raiders' totals for 2019, okay, which is the Raiders had 2.3 yards per play and almost six yards per drive, too, or a little bit less. But anyways, point being, though, you can move the football – on this Bills team, they are a little bit suspect in the secondary. You can also run on them. We've seen teams have success running the football. So I think that where Bill Belichick does a really good job of taking away your weapons, and especially when we're already down rugs, the Buffalo Bills aren't capable of that same thing. And this is Sean McDermott. This is not Bill Belichick. So I think that we're going to see a big day out of Waller, a big day out of Renfro, a big day out of Josh Jacobs. I know, really putting it out there, Murph, like taking a risk on those three guys. But like, seriously, like I think this could be a perfect setup for Gruden's West Coast offense to just go nuts. Now what we're going to need is defensive help to help, you know, keep the ball out of Josh Allen's hands because that kid's a freaking baller, dude. Yeah, I, uh, you know, Darren Waller had four targets and two receptions against the Patriots for nine yards, for nine yards, Murph. Unbelievable. You know what I'm saying? So, so Belichick's the greatest coach of all time. You know, the tuck rule happened. I hate it, but it's whatever. Uh, he's the greatest coach of all time. So, so whenever we play the Patriots, I hope the Raiders win. I'm never confident in a victory. So, so I don't really chalk that game up to really anything, you know? Um, the Bills game, on the other hand, the Bills have a good offense. This could be a shootout. I think if, if we do what we do best, run the ball, kill the clock, pass when we have to, grind mode it out, uh, I think we have a great chance of winning the game, you know? And, and at the same time, it's not John Gruden versus Bill Belichick. It's John McDermott versus, versus John Gruden here. I think we have to get Darren Waller more involved. And, and if we don't, I, I you know, I, I, with losing rugs, 
that's difficult because he was he's a, he's our burner. He spreads the field, you know. He, he takes the safeties safeties deep, which opens up Darren Waller over the, over the middle. Um, the Patriots shut down Waller. Renfro had nine targets for six catches, uh, but it wasn't like he was dominating the game, you know. Kept it kept us in it. So we'll see. But it's the defense at this point, Murph. That's suspect. But we are getting. Uh, Kowats killer Killerakowski back, I think. This week, right? <laughs> yeah. Are we getting him back? Kowalski's looking good to return this week. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. Okay. That, so, what, what 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 about the stuff that you see with Littleton? Uh, his comments. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. So, so Littleton took a veiled shot at the defense. Basically, kind of said, you know, we're only we we can only do what we can do based on the positions that we're put in. I'm paraphrasing, but that's and generally. The coach, the coaching stuff like yeah, that. that was the consensus of what he said. Um. You know, I don't know, man. I don't know if that I don't I don't read into that as much. I mean, I think that that's it's a little bit of a cop out uh, by him saying that, hey, man, I'm only you know, I can only do what I can do. That was a little uh, reminiscent of like a Bruce Irvin type comment. You know what I mean? But yeah, I don't. Yeah. But I backhanded. Yeah. But I don't. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if that thing festers. I mean, we'll see if that thing dies where it is. Or, or what now i mean like you mentioned like you, you know the, the defense has a chance to to really do some things uh i mean it, it's look josh allen is a legit quarterback like he's really good you know what i mean and so uh, you know and they he can run and we have a hard time stopping running quarterbacks. absolutely and they got this guy named stefan diggs i don't know if you've seen him play or not but he's pretty good um you know what i mean and with being down damon arnett like there's a lot of opportunity for this defense so we will see now i will say this uh, based on everything that I've read, and I'm no film guy, but based on like what I read and, and, and hear from guys like Ted Wynn, who are the you know the elite film guys, uh, Littleton was brought in with Kwiatkowski very intentionally. Like these two yes. guys' games complement each, yeah, yeah. each other. So you take one of those out of the equation, it kind of left Littleton on a little bit of an island. So I think that that was going to tell us a lot when we see Kwiatkowski return to see these guys kind of kind of vibe with each other, you know? So if uh, we if we if we had quit getting hurt Kowski in the game with the <laughs> Patriots, do you think we stop Burkhead and, uh, and do you think that's a whole different game? I think so because that's what they're that's what he and Littleton are both specialists at is covering. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like that Raquan McMillan is a freaking run stopping machine. He's not the guy to cover. Like he's basically almost like another version of Taylor Whitehead. Like he's not gonna he's not he's a liability in coverage. Kwiatkowski and Littleton are not. That's what that's what they do and do it well. And so, but I think that when you, when you got one guy that's completely dependent on doing it in Littleton, then it, it was just too much. It's too much to, too much to cover. Um, yeah. Again, I didn't break down the damn film. I don't know what all the those different matchups were, but that's just the way that I that I understand it. All right, so we've kind of got some positivity going here, Sonny. We're 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 excited about this Bills game, right? I'm we're excited. All right, I'm yeah. excited. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm there's a shot. You're saying yeah. there's a shot. I want to see uh, uh, Marcel Hurst sack Jim Kelly. <laughs> now, would you say the Bills are a playoff team? Uh, yeah, I yeah, they have potential. Yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, aside from the Patriots, they're the best team in that division, and uh, yeah, I think they're definitely a playoff team. Well, that's not good news for us, Sonny. Do you want to know why? How, how well do we do against playoff teams, Murph? Well, we're 0-14 against teams that made the playoffs <laughs> since John Gruden returned. If the Saints make it this year, that would be the first win against the playoff team. So, not so hot. Uh, Derek Carr and the Raiders are 4-33 and versus playoff teams with our last win versus a playoff team. Uh, that's Kansas City and Alex Smith in 2017, which is three years ago, for those of you keeping score. Um, the Raiders, on the other hand, have made the playoffs in five 
out of 19 seasons after starting two and two. Okay, so that Earth, is, what? Why is that? Why? Why is the Raiders fan going to listen to this show? I'm telling you, man, it's perspective. Look, we're not their hearts out. Hey, their hearts out. Hey, man, I'm, we're, you know what? We're not going to bullshit you, Raider Nation. We're going to give you. We're going to give you the facts, and uh, and then do with them what you will. This is um, like standing in front of the mirror naked for like an hour. <laughs> this, this reminds me of one time me and Jeff, we do this show called Tales from the Nation, you know, where we kind of relive moments in Raider history. And, yeah. uh, and so we decided to do a live Tales from the Nation. And that okay. the topic of that episode happened to have been the tuck rule. Dude, oh, it did not go well. We, I know. We, we were on live and the chat room is like, Murph, can you freaking pull our teeth out any slower? Yeah, like you're this. re-traumatizing them, man. <laughs> yeah, no, well, yeah. uh, well, hey, yeah, I got cool. more trauma coming for you today with this. All right. <laughs> so the, the the last time we made the playoffs after a two and two start was 1993. Um, we've missed it nine times since then, since starting two and two. All right, but a win on Sunday would give the Raiders their fifth three and one start in the past 25 seasons. Now they made the playoffs. Um, the four other times they've started three and one and missed the postseason, the other 20 postseason. So here's the good news is that it's not impossible for us to make it a two and two. And look, I know the dice have no memory. I know that history doesn't, uh, determine what sure, today sure, is. Sure, the sure, wheel sure. spins a fresh spin every single time. I get all that, but I'm also, I'm, I'm a firm believer that your past informs your present. And so this is just, let's keep it in perspective. Let's remember where we're coming from and, you know, to, to let that determine where we're, where we are. So anyways, um, good news there. Um, the Raiders in all have started, uh, three or one, three and one or better 18 times. Okay. In the history of, of the team. They've made the playoffs in 15 of those seasons. The only time they missed it was in 1971 and then the strike season of 87 and then 95. They, they ended up finishing 8-8. Eight and eight. So there's a lot of history riding on this win. Again, not impossible at 2-2. Two and two, Looks really good for us at 3-1. and one. So this gets the playoff team monkey off our back. This gets... AFC East monkey off our back, which granted, this is a home game, not a road game, but this gets a lot of monkeys off of not just the Raiders back, but off of Derek Carr's back. You're talking about a quality opponent, quality coached, quality quarterback. This, this probably considering that the Saints game has already happened, Sonny, I would say this is the much bigger game. This is in Uh, conference. Right, so this could be this could have wild card implications because we're not going to win our division, and neither are they. So this could come down to this could be a tiebreaker game for the wild card. Like this is a big damn game. Yeah, I think if the Raiders beat the Bills, there is no. Well, they beat the Saints, but the Saints were blah. Well, they beat the Panthers, but the like this is like yeah, we beat the Bills. What you know? Um, Now, granted, the Bills' biggest victory is they beat the Rams. Um, and they beat, you know, they, they beat Miami by three points, Murph. Uh, Miami put up 28 points on the Bills. The Bills defense is pretty bad. Unfortunately, the Raiders defense is a little bit worse. <laughs> the Bills give up. They give up 25 points a game and the Raiders can score. You know, the Raiders are doing really good putting up points, man. We're eighth in the league and putting up points. Unfortunately, we're 25th and giving up points. And, and so 
I think it's going to be a shootout. I think we'll, I think this game could easily be 30-something to 30-something. But this will be this is the marquee game of the year so far. Uh, but again, we have to consider this game in, in the in the gauntlet, right? We have we have the Chiefs coming up, then we have the Bucks coming up. Um, this is one of the games that we need to win because, in all real, realistically looking at it, these 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 four games, right? This four game gauntlet: Patriots, Bills, uh, what is it? Chiefs, and then Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks Bills. is after the bye, so this is going into the bye week. You know, we'd all kind of speculated like. Okay, uh, an, an ugly two and three, certainly one and four. Then Paul Gunther, Derek Carr, all of those guys are all yeah, going to have yeah. to be answering a lot of questions and accountability. But, dude, three games? Like, if we go in three and two, because we ain't beating the Chiefs in Kansas City, man. I'm sorry. That, that's, that what I'm saying. that's what I'm saying. So if we beat the Bills and the, and the, and the Buccaneers, I think we'd be okay with that in, those, in that four-game four span, right? Um, to beat those four, to beat, to beat the bat. So I see what you're saying. Three and two into the, into the bye week, I'd be totally – fine with that yeah so that means this, this is a must-win game because if we lose this we're not we're not beating the chiefs uh especially in arrowhead with this team the way that with their defense right now and stuff so so yeah this is like the must-win game at week four of the season we got to defend our <laughs> got to def- yeah i mean we got to defend our home turf too second game in allegiance stadium you know i forget i think i know we don't like him but i think it was warren Sapp that once said that like your goal going into a season is to win all your home games and half your road games. Like, cause if you yeah, do that, yeah, 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 then yeah. you're, you know what I mean? You're 12 and four and you're looking pretty good. You know what I mean? And so like, I think that's a good goal for the Raiders, like defend your home turf. Like let's win our home games. And then if we lose, you know, if we lose against the bucks or if we lose on the road in Kansas city, like it's not the end of the world. Like we never Derek Carr beat them yet. Like, and it's hadn't even been close. Like, you know what I mean? Like we're used to seeing Marcus Peters pick him off and grab his junk on his way to the end zone. Like that's what happens next, when we next go to- week. Next week. All right, next that's week. next week. Sorry. All right. But well, hey, hey, question though. Yeah. Please. Did you know? Did you know Brian Edwards is out for this game? Yeah. Yeah. And Ruggs is doubtful. Yes. And Rico Gafford's doubtful. Right. And I think he's out. Yeah. What the heck? I know. So I'm saying it's going to be Renfro and Waller, they, man. They, they hanging out with Cam Newton or what? <laughs> oh my gosh. Man. I know, dude. It's rough. We got a lot of injury. The whole right side of the line is absolutely decimated. I don't know if Brown's coming back or not, um, but yeah, man, it's it's rough. Hey, you know what? It's you know it's funny, and I should have brought this up when you brought up Littleton earlier. This I meant to. I, I, I'm a scatterbrain. I, I I got a lot going on up here. Um, when one of the reasons too that I also dismissed Littleton a little bit when you brought that up about him throwing some shade at at PG or the Raiders, and whatever collectively the two of them or individually. Um, did you know the Raiders have missed 19% of their tackles this year? And that's the worst in the league. And do you know that they have three of the 13 players on their team with five or more missed tackles this season? And guess who leads the pack for us? Littleton and Abrams right there with them. That's it. Seven and six. Abrams got six missed tackles and Littleton has seven. Nicholas Morrow rounds it out with five. So, you know, is that is that Paul Gunther's fault that you missed tackles, Corey Littleton? Like, come on now. Well, but but to his point, it is because the NFL is all about leverage. You know, it's it's leverage and it's position. It's true, it's and, angles. Yeah, yeah, and, and angles and, and you know, it's just it's complicated. I don't know, but he missed five tackles all last season. I know, I know. All right. <laughs> I don't know what we accomplished with this podcast today. That was depressing, Murph. What the heck? <laughs> I don't know what we've all done. Hey, you, okay. You got I'm me a, going into week four going, man, if we don't win this game, the season's over. Season's At least done. I can enjoy it. Hey, yeah, and then we can start enjoying it, man. 
All right, here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some good news on the way out. You ready? Yeah. Hey, here's what here's what being a Raiders fan's like. Raiders, just don't give me anything to hope for so I can enjoy the damn season already, huh? <laughs> and do it earlier. Do it by week two. By I want to enjoy the rest of the season. To, yeah. Yeah. Let's don't, get rid of it. Don't be, don't be playing with my emotions up until week twelve. Just get it <laughs> no, over just with. Just get it over with. <laughs> just rip off the damn band-aid, man. Get all get rid of all this hope and excitement we had in the in the yeah, offseason. Get, get that out of the way. I want to be able to enjoy my team. All right, you ready for this? I'm gonna give you okay. some good news before we get out of here. This is this will make you feel good, Oakland fan. Oakland fan. A's end nine-game losing streak and winner take all playoff games. The last win came versus the Mets in game seven of the 73 World Series. Since 2000, the A's are now two and 15 in postseason games when they would advance with a win. The other victory came in 2006 in the uh, division series against the Twins. Congratulations to the Oakland A's. Let's go, Oakland. There we go. There's some good news for you. Now the Raiders. Good news, for, good news. Good news for Oakland, not for the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. Good way to good way to throw it in there last. There we go. Oh, All right, man. son. You got anything for Raider Nation before we get out of here? Yeah, man. We're in Vegas. We're two and one. There's always something to pick apart. <clears throat> but but my encouragement would be to the to the to the Raider fan who's watching the game. Don't watch the games through the lens of what's happened in the past. Just enjoy the Raiders for who they are now, for what they're building now. Don't let every flag boil your blood to the point where you might burst. Don't let every missed call think that the, the refs are jobbing us or whatever. Like, just enjoy the game. Like, put all the past stuff away. And, and if you need to, give me a call. Maybe I'll open up a uh, Raiders fan counseling uh, online program. Or that, that might be, that might be <laughs> Dude, that might be your calling, man. That might be my calling, man. Raider therapy, man. Cause Raider we, therapy. Because we are. We're all a bunch of whipped puppies over here, we're man. Traumatized over, man. Beating yeah, us up for years, man. It's the most abusive relationship in my life is this one with the Raiders. And we choose to go back every time. I love them, man. I can't quit you, baby. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now, you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. BetterHelp.com slash save. Got it. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.